I'm gonna cut it a little bit. So you know what guys? I'm just, no, I'm just gonna do for my thing. I'm just gonna This is one-on-one's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is one-on-one's NFL Friday. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wild Card Playoff Edition of NFL Friday. I don't know what week number we would call this, what, 18, I guess, but no. This I is the NFL Wild Card Playoff Edition of NFL Friday here, and I was about to say 2014. It's 2015. Happy New Year, Anthony Pusick. I'm Matt Morrow. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody had a, a happy and safe and fun New Year's. Christian O'Hara will be on in a little while. We'll hear his Giants report, as we did every week of the season. We'll have his final Giants report with us. Fantasy is done for most people, but it'll do a little bit of playoff fantasy stuff for us, and we'll talk to him a bit about the Giants. Kelly Coltis's uh, Jets report, her final Jets report, will be along as we have to start with the New York Jets. We're going to talk plenty of playoff football. We've got the wild card weekend starting tomorrow on Saturday, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, but we got to start here in New York, New York Jets football. Rex Ryan is out. John Idzik is out. Total revamp of the Jets front office, and Anthony... I don't know if really anybody's surprised. Uh, you really can't be, Matt. And I think that a lot of people had a bunch of speculation on everything here. John Idzik was trying to get Rex fired. Well, if that's the case, he got himself fired too. Yeah. Because he didn't give himself a good enough team to be relevant in this league. I, I don't know. Four and 12. I don't know how much I can. Because when you look at the moves and look at the players and look at everything, in, in, in some world you could say, like, oh, obviously, that's exactly what he was doing. But on the other hand, does anybody who – while he was not a good GM, is anybody who gets themselves in that position so ignorant to the fact that if that was to happen, they would put their own job in jeopardy and they wouldn't have the time to put their own plan in place? Give, like, because of that, I don't know if I believe it. Given the fact that you take a look at what he did in Seattle, Idzik doesn't look like an unintelligent man. Right. He looks like Just he's to smart enough to realize that that's such a bad idea. And I mean, when, when you hear about it, you, you hear he was you know more the numbers guy and, and the legal guy and the contracts guy and... Maybe that's not as important with the new CBA. I don't know about all that. If you're involved with that Seattle organization and you were a part of building what they became, yeah, some of that's got to roll. You have to know football. So that's not. It's not like John Idzik doesn't know football. He just did a bad job in two years as the GM. And whatever the motivation was, if it, if it even was that he's trying to get Rex out, they could have just fired Rex in the beginning. I feel. I mean, I guess that was the stipulation that you got to keep Rex to come in. Supposedly that's what that's what everyone said. But even look at it this way, Matt. Say they got rid of Rex. With the body of players that they had, with Geno Smith right. at the helmet quarterback and Mike Vick, is is this team much different with another coach? No, and, and you got to think that maybe John, if he had another coach, maybe John Itzik goes into the direct, another direction. But I think maybe that's what we were learning a little bit. I'm sure it's worked in the past, but in this situation, I think the biggest factor was there was a bit of a disconnect. We heard it a bunch. Kelly Coltis is going to talk about it when we when we play our Jets report soon. I mean, the the New York Jets just. They, they, they had a head coach and a general manager who did who were not on the same page. It was no. not the general manager's coach and Rex Ryan. And, look, the players loved them. You could tell that. They wanted to go win that game for him. Week 17, they did it. He gave him a Gatorade bath, Miami. I believe, correct? Yeah, they gave him the Gatorade bath down in Miami, which I sure felt nice. It was probably the yeah, hot, warmest yeah. place in, in America. Must in be December. nice. Yeah, be in I, Miami up in, in the Meadowlands, that wouldn't have been so nice. It would no. have been a nice ice bath. But, I, I mean, look, they, they love him. And he's, he's out. 
We'll get it. We'll get into a little more of the. I don't think anybody's surprised with Idzik. We could talk a little bit more about Rex, but let's hear about what Kelly Coltis had to say. Kelly Coltis's final Jets report of the season here, getting into the wild card week of NFL Friday, but still got to get to Kelly and her Jets report. WFUB Jets beat reporter. She's done a great job the entire season, just getting us the, our insight every year. She had to watch the Jets. I think her day. song choice is what excites her me the most. Her song choice has always been terrific. About these I haven't heard this week's. So hopefully, it'll, it'll be good. But let's see what she's got to say. A lot to talk about. No, no more John Idzik. No more Rex Ryan. Let's see what Kelly had to say. Uh, Rex Ryan and John Idzik uh, have been. I've been let go, and I did that because I want to. I want to. We've had a disappointing year. We want to make some changes. And just like that, the Rex Ryan error comes to an end. Rex was always known for his loud personality, strong opinions, and a desire to win. However, that wasn't the case these last few years. After their back-to-back -back AFC Championship years in 2009 and 2010, the Jets couldn't muster better than an 8-8 record under Rex. That's the main reason owner Woody Johnson was forced to fire him. We're in the win business, as I said earlier, and uh, we're not winning. So I thought this was, uh, this was something I had to do. I didn't get into football to do this. It's a necessary step um, for, for me to do this. And, um, you know, I had to do it, and I, I thought it was in the best interest of the team to do it. As for John Idzik, he had less time with the organization, only two years but still he couldn't produce any type of results. Idzik's act wore thin after he had 12 picks in this year's draft. The former GM missed on all of his wide receiver picks in a very wide out friendly class and then failed to sign a solid corner with many free agent choices available. His draft from the year before is a bit shaky as well as Sheldon Richardson has emerged as the only real star to come out of the last two years. It was a failed marriage between Idzik and Rex from the start, as Idzik came in and he had to keep Rex as his head coach. Let's see what happens the next time around. One thing's for sure, the new GM will walk into a pretty good situation. He'll have a lot of cap room and the sixth overall pick. Let's just hope for the fans' sake the Jets don't swing and miss again. With the... I'm Kelly Coltis, WFUV Sports. Thanks a lot to Kelly, not just for this week, but all season long. You know, having to watch the Jets every week, it's a, it's a tough task. But, sure, it's uh, not easy. Yeah, she did a great job with her Jets report every week, um, and thank you for the final edition there of the, the wrap-up of her Jets report. Kelly Coltis, our WFUV Jets beat reporter, does a ton for us at the station, so thank you very much, Kelly. Um, look, I, Kelly mentioned it there. Rec, it's a came in and had to keep Rex. That was probably not the right – and. Now that we have hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. It was not the right move. Or 50-50 if you're Cam Newton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, Cam Newton. Well, we'll definitely talk about him later. But obviously, that was not the right move. And I think we're, I think we're both in agreement. John Edzik, although two years is pretty, uh, it's pretty swift kick out the door for for a general manager. I think we we are in agreement. This was the right move, correct? Yeah, I think it has to be Matt because you you come in and and. Everyone talked about Idzik, you have to be patient with him, and you have to be patient. I think Jet fans over the last few years haven't been patient after seeing what the Jets could do with Mark Sanchez at quarterback, two right. AFC championship games. The patience was gone, and they weren't going to wait for Idzik to build this team for four or five years, no. especially not in the New York media. You get eaten alive if you end up 4-12 and 12 
and expect this to be a rebuild year because the Jets supposedly had been rebuilding since that first season where they didn't make it back to the AFC Championship game. And whether it was Rex refusing to let Izzy kind of handle more offensive more offensive things or Izzy kind of being handcuffed as a result of Rex and having to draft defensive players, whatever wasn't working, I think Woody Johnson made the right move in firing both of them right. because you can't keep one without the other. Okay, well, that was the next place I was going to go before we do get to the Giants because we want to spend plenty of time on the playoffs, but of course we got to touch on the New York football teams who wrapped up their season, both of them missing the playoffs, obviously. You know, for Rex Ryan, I agree. Don't think he should have come back. I think this is the year he, he, he's he got to be let go. You could have argued after last year, but you finish 8-8. Eight and eight, You're going to give – it's almost like well, – we'll get into the Giants soon. It's almost like with Tom Coughlin. You know, you give him a chance, they finish strong at the end of the year. That happened last year with Rex. This year, you didn't see that. And more so, you just got to come in with a clean slate because you saw what happened when you brought in Idzik and he had to keep Rex. I don't think this season was Rex's fault. No I think GM the players would- love him. But I just don't think it would have worked to bring him back with a new guy. Nobody would come into the Jets if Woody Johnson said, "All right, you could be our GM, but you have to keep Rex." Right? Because I don't think anybody would have happened to John Itzik. Exactly. Uh, and so I, I just think this was the right move. Although I believe Rex Ryan is not the main factor of why this team ended up four and twelve. It's the right decision to go in. It's an unfortunate position for the Jets to be in, but they're going to have a clean slate. Maybe they go more offensively, uh, defensive-minded. The last six years with Rex Ryan, maybe they go to a guy who can maybe better develop Geno Smith. It'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously we're going to move to the Giants, but maybe what's, before we get there, do you think Geno Smith is the guy next year under center week one for the New York Jets? I certainly think that Rex and Idzik aren't really at all at fault here. There are personnel issues. This team was not as talented as these AFC championship teams that they had. I think they do need to get better, maybe at the wide receiver position. Their front seven is fine defensively. Maybe get another corner or a safety, because you don't know how good Milner's going to be when he comes back from injury. So I think that this draft is going to be very important for the Jets, and the way that they go could turn the page on these last few seasons. It was a rough season for the gang green. Big blue, not much better. Let's talk about the Giants. Giants missing out on the playoffs this year as well as the both New York teams miss out once again. So no New York football for us. There's going to be plenty of great playoff football, but we got to spend a few minutes on Big Blue. Christian O'Hara will join us in a little while. We'll have him live in studio. Obviously, he won't be live because it's a tape podcast. For, for us, we'll be listening to him live, but I also like a nice dose of recorded Christian O'Hara. So Christian O'Hara, his season wrap-up final edition of his Giants report, our WFUV Giants beat reporter, Let's see what Christian had to look back on for the Giants season. The New York football Giants finished the season on a sour note, losing to the Eagles 34-26. Odell Beckham Jr. had another spectacular day, catching 12 passes for 185 yards and a touchdown. He finished the season with 91 catches for 1,305 yards and 12 touchdowns, and he is the overwhelming favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. However, the defense did not do enough to stop the Eagles' offense and could not make a stand when it mattered most. On Tuesday, the Giants announced that Tom Coughlin would be back as the head coach in 2015. However, owner John Mara was not pleased with the way this season turned out. I'm very disappointed about this past season. Sick about it, as a matter of fact. Uh, certainly not what I expected, what any of us expected. 6-10 um, and 10 is, is uh, an embarrassment. New York must now turn the attention to the offseason, where they will need to address a number of issues. First, adding depth along the offensive line is a must to keep Eli Manning upright. 
Manning completed a career-high 63.1% of his passes this season with hit-or-miss performances from the O-line this season. If those needs can be addressed in free agency or through the draft, look for Manning to have another stellar season in 2015. Next, players like Victor Cruz and Prince of Mucamaro will return next season from injuries. The Giants led the NFL with 20 players on injured reserve this year. Improving strength and conditioning will be a must to keep key players on the field. Lastly, Big Blue needs to figure out what to do about Jason Pierre-Paul and Antrell Roll, who are both free agents after this season. John Mara indicated that using the franchise tag on JPP was an option. I also believe the team will re-sign Roll to a new contract. If New York can improve in these areas, I believe the team will have a shot to make the playoffs in 2015. If not, then we might be seeing the last of Tom Coughlin as Giants coach. With the last Giants report of the 2014 season, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. Of course, just as we thank Kelly, thank you very much to Christian for all his hard work throughout the season, our WFUV New York Giants beat reporter. We'll have him on to talk a little bit of playoff edition of fantasy. Not sure how many of you guys do the uh, the playoff challenge. I know that's something you're a part of. You can maybe explain a little bit of it to us, uh, you know, for those of us who lost in their championship games, you know, you can help me get back into the fantasy swing. <laughs> but Christian will be in for that. At least so you were we'll, in a championship we'll game. We'll do, yeah. Well, I was in a league with you, and uh, you did not make the playoffs. We'll, we'll get to that. And um, But, yeah, so thank you to Christian, his wrap-up edition there of the Giants report. He'll be in a little bit. We'll ask him some things about Big Blue, but we'll just discuss them for a few minutes before we get to the playoffs. I, I think first comes first. He mentioned it early. Tom Coughlin is back. And it seems like every year we think, all right, this is probably the last year of Coughlin. And, well, now he's back. And there's always a debate. Do you do you bring him back? Do you let him resign? Or Well, okay, he's not going to resign. He's going to come back. He's the oldest coach in the league. And I mentioned it before, Rex Ryan went 8-8 eight and eight the year before he gets fired. And they, they perform well at the end of the season. And maybe that's a little bit of enough to convince the owner to say, okay, we'll give him another chance. And maybe that's a little bit of what happens this year because the Giants do not have a good season. 6-10, and ten, but you kind of felt a little bit like at the end of the year, especially with Odell Beckham, the way he played, that things were better than they ended up being. And so it kind of, at least for me, I don't know about you, it kind of like took me back and, and made me realize, oh, okay, yeah, this was a bad season. Hearing that Mara quote, you know, saying, I'm, I'm sick about the way this season ended up, that really hit me because I think I fell into a little bit of it. Oh, wow, Odell Beckham looks so good. They're going to get Victor Cruz back. Jennings wasn't healthy. If he's healthier, they get another running back. I was a little bit maybe delusional because of Odell Beckham and the way they played the last couple of games that this is a better team than they were, and they were not a good team. I mean, he, Odell Beckham Jr., made this team feel a lot better about themselves. I mean, even in a loss to the Dallas Cowboys in the Meadowlands, which pretty much hurts any Giants fan to see Dallas come in to New Jersey and, and beat them, Odell Beckham Jr. makes one of the greatest catches of the season and now is probably going down as one of the greatest catches of all time by a bunch of yeah. people. Uh, and it, and I was at that game, and I know Christian was at that game. It was a spectacular catch, and it's not even that that was the one catch he made. Game after game, this guy came in. Twelve games he only played, by the way. He missed four games. Yeah. There was questions about his work ethic. There was questions about how, wh- why they wasted a first-round pick on this guy. And I'm in, not talking about that anymore. And in one of the deepest wide receiver classes ever in the NFL draft, when you look at Kelvin Benjamin and Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham Jr. comes out. And he could win Offensive Rookie of the Year the playing only 12 games. Yeah, he really did. He he completely shined. He showed why he was worth that high draft pick. You would think if you're a Giants fan, you'll be able to watch him for years to come as one of the best weapons that Eli Manning has maybe ever had. Uh, quickly before, because we want to get to the playoffs, that's what this show's about. Do you think it was right to bring Tom Coughlin back? Yes. And 
whether or not he leaves next year as a result of whether the Giants do well or don't do well, I think no matter what, and this is just me, I know other people feel differently about this, he should never be fired. He should be asked to leave, given how much he's done for this team Yeah, over the I think years. that's the kind of guy that you just give that to. I know that's, you know, this is one of the only professions in the world where that's the way things work, but I do think that's the way, the way this works. I think that Tom Coughlin has brought them two Super Bowls. He's done enough, and who knows? Maybe next year they turn it around. Disappointing season this year. You heard the owner say it. John Mara says it. Disappointing. He's sick about it. And, you know, when you, you only win six games – Maybe the Jets took the attention away from how bad the Giants were, but the Giants were bad for a lot of this season. That's one thing you can count on the Jets for. <laughs> well, we'll see We'll see next year if these two New York squads can turn it around. But we've got some teams who, who don't need to turn it around just now because they are in the playoffs. And uh, Carolina Panthers have just one more win than the New York Giants through the regular <laughs> season. As we, we knew, now moved to the meat of the show, the wild card playoffs. The Carolina Panthers host the first playoff game of this round. They host it with seven wins. They are 7-8-1, but they win the NFC South with a 34-3 win over Atlanta last week. So the playoffs have really already started for Carolina. This is week two of their playoffs. And this is one of the more intriguing matchups just for the fact that if you look at the Panthers a few weeks ago, they looked like a team that was one of the biggest disappointments in the league because a team that should have been on the upswing, no doubt in the playoffs, and it looked like they were going to miss it. And then you had a team a few weeks ago who looked like a possible number one seed, a changing of the guard quickly in the AFC West. And that's not the case. As the Arizona Cardinals limp into the playoffs at 11-5 and five, on their third-string quarterback have to go on the road and play Carolina in the first game. One of the things that I find most interesting is everyone was talking about the NFC South and how much of a joke it is and how there shouldn't even be a team in the playoffs from the NFC South. <laughs> and, of course, that can't happen. Yeah. Then the whole division conversation comes sense. up. But yeah. you have to take a look at – that, and then you say that they're six-and-a-half-point favorites mm -hmm. against an Arizona Cardinal team, and you know why. I'm fine with that. Because they're on the third-string quarterback, and yeah. that's why. But to say that this team, that this division shouldn't even have a playoff c contender, to have them already in the second round of the playoffs by almost a touchdown. Right. And who's to say that even if Carolina didn't win this game, if Atlanta with Matt Ryan in the Georgia Dome was playing in this game, they'd still probably be favored. I and. You know what? I, I I'm gonna give away a little bit here. I know we're, we we like to not do that, but I I, I don't even see. I think that Arizona, uh, that Carolina, excuse me, is gonna win this game by more than a touchdown. You think um, they're gonna win by more than a touchdown? I, I Matt's I, already got his prediction. Everybody, I, I he boldly, wants to speed through the I show. I boldly said to you earlier by 20 points. I'm gonna say they win by 14 points. I think. I, okay. I think we'll we'll get to obviously all of our picks later, but I just I just don't see how Arizona can win this game because they're just not the same team anymore. No. I mean, you you saw it. I think the game that proved that was the Seattle game in one of the, the final weeks of the season. That was week 16. The, the Seattle game, if you just look at the score, it was 35-6. But the first half of that football game was a close football game. And even with Carson Palmer at the helm and even a bit Drew Stanton, this was a defensive team, even with those guys yep. under center. This is a team that won because of their defense. They had a pretty good running game. And if you look at Andre Ellington's final stats, they weren't great, only a 3.3 yard per carry average. And he got injured. Yeah, so he's out. Your first two quarterbacks are out. And you really saw the product of that in the second half of that football game when Seattle runs away. And you saw two teams going in complete opposite directions because Seattle did not look great in the beginning of the year. And now they look like the team, just like the team they were last year. And Arizona was the shock of the league. And they might be a one and done team this year. With all the injuries that they had on Arizona, they had injuries to star middle linebackers. They had injury to Andre Anthony. Larry Fitzgerald. Went down oh, with an injury. I can't, you can't remember the last time he was healthy. And he never gets hurt. Right. Ever. 
the fact that they're even in the playoffs at 11-5 and five in one of the toughest divisions in football should automatically give Bruce Arians Coach of the Year. Having said that, it still would be a failed season if Arizona loses this game. Oh, even I don't know though, about that. Even though that it's Ryan Lindley at the helm, you take a look at this team, and they've gone through so much adversity— to see them lose in the first round again under the circumstances, you can understand it. I think, but they yeah, had they were such a good team all year, right? But I think that's why I, for me, I don't think it'd be. A, I think anything they get, I think they have no pressure on. I, I think that they have probably. You would think that a seven win team in the playoffs. Think about Seattle a few years ago, the the Marshall Lynch beast mode when that came. You know, it's the spotlight for everybody against New Orleans when they were a seven win team in the playoffs. There was no pressure on them, so you would think that Carolina would be the team with the least pressure on them. I think it's Arizona. I think Arizona comes in, even at 11-5, and five, even a team that was in the number one spot all year, I think they come in knowing that they limped in, knowing that while Ryan Lindley is an NFL quarterback, he's a third stringer for a team that does not boast themselves on their offensive prowess. They are a team with Carson Palmer, who is in the later stages of his NFL career. Had a good year before he got hurt. He had a pretty good year, but he's never been a top-five guy. You know, even at Cincinnati, he was not a— you know, a playoff stud and, and such a clutch guy. So to be the third-string quarterback of this team, I think while they're not going to come out and say, like, oh, yeah, well, we didn't expect anything, from the outside you can look at them and say, this is a team that whatever you get from them in the playoffs, it, all power to them, but I, I don't expect it. One thing that I would say is just kind of to be a positive for, for Arizona going forward, Lindley seems like he has improved since the St. Louis game only – completing four of that his passes. That may have been, we were saying this, of course all Thursday night games are ugly. That may have been the ugliest game of the season. It was pretty bad. And it it wasn't fun to watch. No. It, both teams were struggling. And yeah. you've seen, you saw the Rams beat the Seahawks this year. They were struggling against this Cardinals team, which just kind of brings up a good point to me. The defense could change this game for both teams. Lindley threw three interceptions last week against San Francisco. Uh-huh. If you take out those three interceptions, 23 of 39, 316 yards. He had a decent game. Yeah, but... But it's the three interceptions. In, and in the playoffs, that hurts you more than anything. And I and just don't And with a don't front think, like Carolina's, yeah. it could be very dangerous if Lindley gets under pressure early. Because we saw Matt Ryan right. throw a couple picks in that game against Carolina. Right, because we saw what Carolina just did to Atlanta. Like we mentioned, it was this is basically the second week of the playoffs for Carolina. They had to win or go home. It was either whoever won that game last week at the Georgia Dome was going to the playoffs. You know, New Orleans was already out mathematically. If Atlanta won, they were the champions. If Carolina wins, they're the champions. And it was entirely Carolina all afternoon long. 34-3 to ends up being the final score in Atlanta. And this is a division that historically, or at least the last few years, it's hard to win on the road in the NFC Not South. This Those year. are two, a couple places where you, you, you don't want to go into, and it certainly wasn't the case in New Orleans. That's the place you really think of it. One of the biggest disappointments this season. Oh, no question. That whole division really, really stepped back. But Carolina... Going into that game, you know, we're not really sure what's going to happen. A couple of weeks ago, Cam Newton's had a car accident. It's amazing that he's healthy again. It could have, you know, could have been life-threatening. A car accident are obviously scary things. But a couple of weeks later, he's the starting quarterback of an NFL playoff team. You get a couple wins from Derek Anderson, the two games he played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you squeak out those games early in the season and then late when you needed them. This is a team that won in week five to make them three and two. They beat the Chicago Bears week five. They didn't win again until week 14. And none of them were, were flashy wins either. No. Their and wins this their year are not Their last four wins impressive. to get in. They had to win their last four games, and they do it. At New Orleans, which this year was the first year in a long time that it's not the hardest place to play, they squeak out a win against Tampa with Cam Newton hurt. And then Cleveland they win by four. And, and Johnny Manziel led. Atlanta. Right. <laughs> it was Brown. a Johnny Manziel-led Browns team. And then they kill Atlanta. So how much stock do you put into that game? Knowing it was 
listen, they had to show up in that game. They couldn't lay an egg, and they didn't. But is that more Atlanta laying the egg, or can you give them credit for knowing what they had to do, going in on the road to do it, and now they earn a home game? We've seen it year after year in the playoffs that the team, the hottest teams end up doing pretty well uh, come playoff time. And four straight wins for Carolina has got to make them feel pretty good about themselves. And Arizona losing their last two games, two division opponents, but losing their last two games, Ryan Lindley not walking in with a lot of confidence. I think if the if they won in San, against San Francisco, in San Francisco, that would have been a big confidence boost for Ryan Lindley. And he would have at least said, I can win a game. And, and now he doesn't have to win his first game this season in the playoffs. Sure, he was in the game when the Rams won. Uh, when, when they beat the Rams, I'm sorry. When the Cardinals beat the Rams. But he really didn't do much in that game to give them that win. And maybe even if they had Andre Ellington, the Cardinals would look a lot better on paper right now. But they just have so many injuries. Yeah. And I think the buck stops in the playoffs when it comes to injuries like that. But then you look at Carolina. Yeah, they don't have many quality wins. But the Cardinals don't have wins in the last two games. Right, right. So and I mean, their last game, like you said, was one of the ugliest Thursday night football Ca- games of the year. Carolina is the hotter team coming in. They're favored, I think, for a reason. We'll get your pick later. We'll get everybody's picks later. Um, you already told us yours. Well, well, you know, maybe I'll change it. Maybe, maybe you'll change maybe, it. Maybe you, maybe will somebody convince me by then. But we'll move on to one intriguing game to just another game that, in my opinion, is one of the best matchups no matter what time of the season and what better time to have it than the first week of the playoffs. The six-seed Baltimore Ravens gaining the wild-card spot on the final day, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who clinched the AFC North. The game's going to be in Pittsburgh. They win the AFC North in a great game against Cincinnati, the last game of the regular season. Ravens-Steelers, to me, we were talking about this before we started rolling. To me, if it's not one of the best rivalries in football right now, it's it's my favorite. I love it. It's I my love favorite teams. right now and because these two teams have been so good consistently for the last few years. I know Pittsburgh's had a bit of a playoff drought, and Baltimore's here, you know, hit or miss, but these teams have been near the playoffs and competitive every year, and when they play each other, it's just madness. It's it's tough Absolutely. football. It's hard-hitting football. It's fun to watch. It seems like it's always on Sunday night football. Um, it's just so fun to watch. Everyone wants to watch these games. And I don't think we're going to be disappointed this weekend. I don't think so either, and I think that you take a look, obviously, and – our producer Matt Rosenfeld did a great job with all of his notes here. Always give the shout out you to you. Just the you just man. you take it and you just throw it out the window with a Raven Steelers game. No stats matter. These two teams step up no matter what when they play each other. And I think oh, yeah. that nothing could have been better than this game. And you take a look at all four games this this week and which one you'd want to see. If you had to watch one game out of all of them, I'd pick Raven Steelers. And I, I don't I know agree. if I don't Absolutely. know if that's I don't know if that's a consensus around here, but that is one of the most exciting games. They just don't like each other. When Ray Lewis was there, Terrell oh, Suggs is still there. Terrific. They hate each other. It's one of the most. But there exciting is no love lost since that point either. Though these are two still two franchises that do not get along. I mean, I mean it was just last year was the Mike Tomlin on the field, um, yep. and the Jacoby Jones run back. That was tremendous. That was that was that was pretty <laughs> funny. That was really I mean, funny. It's just, I mean, Pittsburgh. Early in the season. Could you ever imagine that they come out to an 11 and 5 team? Like this did not look like an 11 win team early in the year. They they won a close game against Cleveland. I think they lost to Cleveland. They lost, lost to, to Cleveland in week 6. The I Jets mean, loss was terrible. Yeah, a, a bad loss against the Jets. They they needed a Hail Mary at the end to, to, to cut it to 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 be a closer game. And that was when Ben Roethlisberger was on fire. Yeah. He had 522 yards against the Colts. He then he went into Baltimore through 340. He was Four, three or four touchdowns away from passing Peyton Manning's record of the most touchdowns within three consecutive weeks, and he was playing the Jets. Yeah, and he couldn't do it. 
and and that's what scares me the most about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Their inconsistency, but it seems like the last four weeks they got rid of that. They beat Cincinnati twice. Yeah. They took the division away from the they Cincinnati stole it. Bengals. Absolutely. The, the Cincinnati needed to win one of those games, just one. They yeah, really they just needed division. to win one of them, mm-hmm. and they stole it. They stole a chance at Kansas City to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they crushed Atlanta's hopes and dreams of possibly running away with that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, They've been playing the playoffs. We were talking about Carolina playing in the playoffs for the last week. Pittsburgh's been playing thing. for the last four weeks. Yeah, and they've been playing playoff football, basically. Uh, yeah, Atlanta ended up being a bad team this year, but... You look at those four wins. Atlanta's a team scrapping for the playoffs, as was Kansas City, who are eliminated in the last you know, day of the regular season. And two wins against Cincinnati. You have to play Cincinnati week 14 and week 17, and you come out with two wins in, in, that, in those contests. It's huge. I couldn't imagine that this would be an 11-win team at the end of the season. They alternated wins and losses the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. They go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Losses to Baltimore in week two. Tampa Bay week four by three points at home, and then they lose to Cleveland in week six. They're one of the only team. I mean, it might be the only team in the NFL this year who's given up more points at home than on the road. But I think the biggest factor is something that's just come out right yeah. before we started taping this, and, and you you caught it before we went on. Le'Veon Bell, so a guy we were going to talk about right now before this came out, but he's officially out. He's not playing for tomorrow. He's not playing, and I think that plays it plays a real big role in this game, I just – Le'Veon Bell is so important to this team. Fourth least rushing yards have been given up by the Baltimore Ravens this year, 88.3. Le'Veon Bell arguably could could get some MVP votes the way that he played this year. Oh, he, he had an outstanding season. And, and to ask to ask backup running backs to go up against that defense, that's, I think it might be a little bit too much to ask. I, even Arian Foster had a bit of difficulty right. – with the Baltimore Ravens defense, and this team fought its way into the playoffs. If they beat Houston, which everyone thought they would, they would have been okay, and they would have mm-hmm. really just had to win in their end and then yeah. beat, beat Cleveland, which everyone thought they could do. But then they needed help because they didn't yeah. beat Houston. Le'Veon Bell, no matter what, Ravens-Steelers, you're going to want everybody healthy, or as healthy as possible when you want to play them. And you took take a look at the other side. Now, Justin Forsett has had a great year. In the midst of everything that's gone on in the mm-hmm. NFL this year, with Ray Rice not being on the Baltimore right. Ravens. I think that without Ray Rice, he thought it was going to be a much different team. Justin Forsett had a much better year this year than Ray Rice did last yeah. year. Yeah, and you have Justin Smith Forsett. squared over there at the wide receiver position. Yeah. you got Smith Sr. and you got Torrey Smith. Steve Smith had over 1,000 yards this season. I didn't expect that a, either. A very impressive season for him, a lot earlier in the year. But he still is yeah. one of the, a big a threat. And, and and you look at guys like that, veterans, Troy Palomalo, Steve Smith. These are the guys that know what it takes right. to win they games like this. a lot on both sides. But without Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, not saying that Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown can't steal a show, right? but that takes a huge, huge factor out I mean, of the Steelers game. I mean, here's the thing. Ben Roethlisberger had an unbelievable season. He yes. had close to 5,000 passing yards. Antonio Brown proved himself to be one of the best and most exciting weapons on the outside in this entire league. But Le'Veon Bell was second on this team in receiving yards. This is a guy who... <laughs> You could say, you could look at, okay, it's going to be tough with to run the football now without Le'Veon Bell, but he was also a big factor in the passing game. He was a big part of Ben Roethlisberger having such a terrific season. I don't think this Pittsburgh offense is going to slow down. They had a great offense, a lot of it through the air. Guys like Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant really stepping up as young players. Bryant was great this to, year. Another wide receiver. To help out losing Emmanuel Sanders and have other options for Antonio Brown. But I really think that Le'Veon Bell is a big cog of this, of this offense. Something that that could get overlooked just because Joe Flacco 
is one of the weirdest quarterbacks to watch <laughs> because he has games, and I think it was against was it against Tampa Bay this season. Yeah, I think it was the Tampa Bay game where they went out, they scored a ridiculous amount of points early 17. in that game. Yeah, they ended up forty eight seventeen, but they scored he had five thirty eight right? points in the first half. They Joe Flacco had five touchdowns in that game in the first half. Yeah, and I, I guess yep. they. they I mean, after that, they didn't need to do anything. Nope. I remember just—I remember watching on Red Zone that day, and they just kept sh- going back to the Ravens game. He has games like that, and then he has games where he looks like the worst quarterback in the league. But you saw it on the uh, when when Joe Flacco uh, on his on a Super Bowl run that that was one of the best times that Joe Flacco ever played, which is why he's that million dollar man and got that big contract because of that that right. playoff run. And I agree with you because you take a look at what the Ravens did this year. Two very crucial games in the eighth and ninth week of this season, both on the road, at Cincinnati and at Pittsburgh. Having already lost to Cincinnati in week one, mm-hmm. you always want to try and at least split your division games. Yeah. They lost 27-24 to Cincinnati. Especially in that division. And then Ben Roethlisberger torched them in one of his best games of the season, yeah. 43-23. And you beat Tennessee and you beat New Orleans, and those are good wins. And then you lose to San Diego, who was a perennial playoff team up until last week when they laid an egg. Miami, Jacksonville are wins. Houston's a loss. Another potential playoff team, and Cleveland's a win. Yeah, again, you take a look at a, a team like this, and you look at a Carolina team. Not a lot of high quality wins there. And when you take a look at playoff teams, right, with good defenses, this team is not doesn't seem to be up to the task. But again, it's Pittsburgh, it's Baltimore. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I think Flack. It's gonna be a Flacco versus Roethlisberger kind of deal. I think it is because you mentioned it. Look back to that that Super Bowl run. They did not. You didn't think they were going to be the team. No. San Francisco had a couple of years there where it looked like, all right, they're on the doorstep. Baltimore comes in that year and just steals a Super Bowl right from under San Francisco's nose. And Joe Flacco played unbelievable. Say what you want about the contract, if you deserved it or not. This is a league where you're paid based on your past performances. And if you look at that, he led this team to a Super Bowl that nobody thought that they were going to get to. So he could absolutely do it again. Six and four on the road, but still six. Wins on the road for as a quarterback with Joe Flacco in the playoffs. It's going to be a terrific matchup. Those are Saturday's games. Those are going to be real fun to watch. Arizona at Carolina is the first one. Baltimore at Pittsburgh in the night game. Move over to Sunday. This is going to be a good week. I mean, Sunday's got great games as well. First one is Cincinnati at Indianapolis. This might be – I would say this is the most even matchup of the weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's fair to say. Because you take a look at Indianapolis, and you thought one of the best teams in the league – Obviously, they weren't going to get a one or two seed because you you know who's going to get the one and two seed in the mm-hmm. AFC. You yeah. knew that before the season even started, pretty much, barring any 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 tragedies. But the, what scares me so much about this Colts team because they look so good, pretty much all year. I mean, they were eleven and five, and they had close loss to Denver, close loss to Philly. Yeah. Then they go on, they win five in a row. That loss to Pittsburgh is ugly. That loss to New England is ugly. That loss to Dallas is, is really ugly. What what's worse than ugly? That's what's that's what that Dallas game is. Yeah. And then they beat Tennessee. Yeah, they beat yeah, they beat the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to end the season like that. Uh, absolutely not. I mean, and you talk about, you know, quality wins. So Matt Rosenfeld pointed out, who has Indianapolis beat? I mean, you look at it, they they beat Baltimore, they beat Cincinnati. Houston and Cleveland, only, and those are on the brink. And but those are their only two wins over playoff teams. Yeah, Cleveland, Houston teams were on the brink. They lose big to New England, big to Pittsburgh, big to Dallas. That Dallas one is the biggest one to me. Not that was only because an awful it was the game. biggest margin, 
they were completely inept. They deserved a zero on the scoreboard. They didn't deserve yeah. the seven points that they got at the end of that game. Because it should look worse than it does. That game was so bad because it's in week 16. It's on the road against a good Dallas team. If you lose that game, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's not even the end of the world the way they lost it because they're in the playoffs. But if you can stay close in a game like that, because as good as a season as Dallas has had, and we'll get to them as the final game this weekend, as good a team as Dallas had, it's not like they went 16-0. and You know, this obviously this can you can have a bad week, but you don't want to have a bad week in week 16 in a year where you're trying to prove yourself as a legitimate contender. I know they had a real they had a, a nice season last year. They had that real fun game. You and I were watching that up in Madison, Juicy. We were on a road trip. <laughs> you still remember that, huh? Absolutely. That incredible game against Kansas City. But you do not want to go into the playoffs like that. And that could have been a game. That would have been your best win going into the playoffs. That if that Dallas oh, game, yeah. if you could come out with a win, that be that's your best win going to the playoffs. And now you look back on it, and your best win came maybe – your most recent real good win came against Cincinnati. Now they, and they, play they Cincinnati. put a hurting on Cincinnati, 20, 27-0. That was week seven, though. I think, despite what we're saying here about, about Indy, all the pressure is on Cincinnati. I think it's all on Cincinnati, and here's why. They had the AFC North in their hands. All they needed to do, like we said before, was beat Pittsburgh once. And they pretty much had the NFC, uh, the AFC North wrapped up in a little package for themselves. Right. And they couldn't do it. And you take a look at Cincy, and they don't have many quality wins either. They beat Baltimore once. Well, beat Baltimore twice. They beat Baltimore twice. A Houston team, again, we were going to talk about on the brink. They beat Denver. That's the big game right there. And you take a look at Week 16, and the Colts lose miserably to Dallas. Right. And the Bengals do so well against Denver. Great. Playoff time now. Andy Dalton has not won a playoff game. Yeah. He may have taken Cincinnati to the playoffs in each of his four seasons, yeah. but he does not look good in the playoffs. He's 0-3 in his career in the playoffs. He's a guy that those were the question marks come, and he's, he's a guy who's starting to turn the ball all over now now that he's had more time in the league. I think Andrew Luck, no doubt. I, I don't think anybody— Oh, he's the better quarterback. Yeah, and I think <laughs> if you got a brighter yeah. future, who would you rather lead your team? I think, Andrew. I think most people are going to say Andrew Luck. I think almost everybody is going to say Andrew Luck. But can Andy Dalton do enough to get this team close enough? I mean, yeah, that Denver win is impressive, but it's also in a mist when Denver's not playing their best football. And we mentioned Indianapolis's best win is all the way back in Week Seven when they shut out Cincinnati. Well, hey, they're playing like you said, they're playing Cincinnati this week. Yeah. So that's something to look back on—a big twenty-seven nothing win. And Andrew Luck, despite you know the, the entire team laying an egg Week Sixteen, tremendous year for Andrew Luck. I mean, he's really proven us right and to why he deservedly so was the number one pick that year and it was maybe one of the most sure things that you can get at the top of the draft in I don't know how long you know 4,761 passing yards a season 40 touchdowns become you know helping T.Y. Hilton to become one of the best targets in the league Andrew Luck is going to be a terrific quarterback he will probably win at least one Super Bowl in his time I, I don't the think NFL. there's any question about it I think he's just too good not to get one right and as much as as much as we just talked about that being such a bad loss at Dallas week 16 I I don't think that's going to carry over too much. I think this is going to be I don't think you're Michael not going to see it. you were not going to see that game. No. And although you would have you know it maybe in a sense it is nice to play a Tennessee team week 17 to get get your legs under you and get a nice win in there. I mean this is going to be a close game but I I think Andrew Luck is going to play much better and the Colts are going to play much better than we saw 
in week 16. But don't don't count Cincinnati out. I know we say bad things about Andy Dalton and and that he's not a guy in the playoffs, and they just did lose out on clinching the AFC North. But this is a, a team that Cincinnati, you know, we always think, just talked about how great the Baltimore-Pittsburgh rivalry is. Cincinnati's the team that's been winning that division the last couple of years. Yeah. And Pittsburgh comes in and they steal it. In a 17. very good division. But, yeah, they have been at the top of that of a very good division since Andy Dalton got there. And they've got a real good running attack now. Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard are two guys they can both lean on. And now Jeremy Hill has even become the lead the guy back. in that backfield. And, and you look at the rushing attack for Indianapolis. I mean, Almost Trent, Richardson, Trent Richardson is leading in, is at the end of the season leads in yards with 519. Ahmad Bradshaw right behind him at 425, and Bradshaw's been hurt for a while. Yeah. So, Boom Heron is not going to get it done here. No, he, he's not. And it's going to be, for Indianapolis, it's going to be, they got to go through the through the air. Um, and I I, I think we might give them the, the slight edge in this, but this is I'd not going to be, I, I think a little bit with, with Dal- the Dallas game in the back of your mind and just not limping in. I mean, this is a team that wins their vision, an 11-win team. This is a team with the quarterback with the brightest future in the NFL. Right. It's one bad loss. Teams have them, but they had. You I mean when they play that top competition, you know that they they weren't the same team as when they played the lower ends of the league. So, and the Cincinnati and the Cincinnati win. AJ Green didn't play because right. remember AJ Green's been hurt a lot this year and he's hurt now. Well, he's and playing, that's another big possibly, thing. Possibly, but he's hurt but, now. But how much we saw it with Calvin Johnson all year. Calvin Johnson was a guy who was playing for a couple weeks, but he was a decoy. You know how right. much are they going to be able to use AJ Green? How good is he going to be? Can a guy like Hobbit's a new step up on the other side. Can the running attack be good enough? Can Andy Dalton win his first playoff game? And then those are all going to be questions that are hopefully answered. 32 rushing yards in that No, game. no more ties here yeah. in the playoffs, which is a <laughs> no nice ties. thing. We had one with, with Carolina and Cincinnati, Cincinnati, two teams in the playoffs. I, I think this is going to be a close game. We'll get everybody's picks at the end. Well, let's move on to the, the final game here of the wild card weekend. Detroit at Dallas. Matthew Stafford's second playoff game. He lost his first one. Tony Romo, a guy who gets a lot of flack from everybody in the NFL. But, again, another really good season for Tony Romo. Very Real good season for the Cowboys. I don't think anybody expected. I think people expected the Eagles, myself included, to run away with the NFC East this year. Didn't happen. Tony Romo does a great job getting this team into the playoffs, making them a contender in the NFC, a team that right behind Seattle could do big things, a team that beat Seattle earlier in the year. This is a Cowboys team that you can't sleep on anymore in the playoffs. No, you absolutely cannot. Or and we'll see, but I I don't think they're a team you can sleep on I don't think you can, and a lot of it is because DeMarco Murray has really come into form now, and they've, they want, they were kind of bathing him a little bit in the beginning, and they didn't give him as many attempts, and Jason Garrett said, you know, we want to make sure that he doesn't get overworked. Well, he was worked this year. 392 attempts, 1,845 yards, 13 touchdowns. DeMarco Murray is what's making this Dallas offense even more prolific than it already was. Because now Tony Romo has DeMarco Murray as the feature back. He can go to him whenever he wants, both in the backfield and out of the backfield in the passing game. Because DeMarco Murray's not a bad passer either. That hand injury is definitely something you got to look at if you're the Cowboys, but you have to feel good going into this game. You have won four straight, one against Indy, that big game we were talking about, one against Philly, which was pretty much the NFC East decider right there. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the NFC East yeah, decider. It was. And then a game against Washington where, yeah, you could have laid an egg or you could have, you know, dialed it back. You already had clinched, and they won 44-17. to And Des Bryant had a huge game. You take a look at 
Matthew Stafford, and this, I almost, I was driving in today and I heard this stat and I almost drove off the road. 0-18 against teams over 500 on the road in his career. Now this is a, a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who has 4,200 yards this year, 22 touchdowns. He's 0-18. He has not won a game against a team over 500 on the road in his career. Forget this year. Forget playoffs. In his career, Matthew Stafford has not won a game on the road against a team 500 or above. And unless you're winning the NFC North, which with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers is not easy to do, as we saw, you're going to play games on the road in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and, and they got one now. <laughs> and you saw Joe Flacco we talked about. Even Eli Manning. In the years the Giants won the Super Bowl, you need to win right. games and, on the and road. Those are the those are the games that set those guys apart. Who maybe who will go out and tell you that they are in the top class of quarterback, but maybe they aren't. Maybe they are just a, a rung or two down. But guys like Eli Manning and Joe Flacco, what sets them apart from then the rest of the league, and that includes maybe Matt Stafford right now. Although they're not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they are guys who are good enough to get you there, and then they don't have a problem going on the road and doing it. So. For Matthew Stafford, it's going to be important because he's going to have to, like you said, learn how to win on the road. And what other better place to do it than the playoffs? An interesting angle on this game, Dominican Sue was suspended earlier in the week for stepping on Aaron Rodgers, who came into the game nursing an injured calf. Rodgers left that game with an injury during it, came back, led the Packers to the victory, leads the Packers to the NFC North title. But Dominican Sue appeals, wins the appeal, and he's going to be eligible to play. He was suspended for one game. It was going to be this playoff game at Dallas. But he wins the appeal. He's playing this week. No suspension. First, are you surprised they let him play this week? Two, what do you think originally should have been the decision? Do you think he should play or not this week? Well, here's the thing. No, I'm not surprised that Ndamukong Su is playing this week. Whether or not I think that it was the right decision is another story. And I think that this is this is what scares me a little bit. Because, you no, know, Sue obviously has a history of doing things like this. And you take a look at it, and he didn't step on Rodgers once. He stepped on him twice because he backpedaled into him. And then he stepped on him again with his other foot. And his appeal supposedly was something like, it was too cold and I didn't feel myself stepping on him. If your foot's elevated off the ground, you're not stepping on turf that's three feet in the air. You're stepping on something. And you did it once, and then you, you do it again, and you kind of put your weight on it. I can You can't even make the argument that Ndamukong Su didn't know what he was doing, given his history. Now, does the NFL want to keep Ndamukong Su in this game because it's a playoff game? And maybe in, if this was Week 7 or Week 8, is he suspended? Probably yes, and I think that that's, that's the case. I don't want to say that's what the NFL did, but it would be sad if they did do that. Maybe they believed Ndamukong Su. Maybe he believed it was unintentional. But to me, I mean, I don't I, think look, he should be playing. There's this a game. track record with this guy. Exactly. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing to me. I mean, I, you, this guy doesn't have the benefit of the doubt anymore. I mean, apparently if, if he it's does. Somebody who doesn't have a track record, and you know, he, if you could look at the video and maybe say there's a little more of it. Oh, well, maybe he didn't know where he was going. I mean, even if it does look, I mean, it, it's hard to tell on the video. You know, if you're gonna lean one or the other, I would lean that he knew what he was doing. I would say so too. And the track record convinces it for me. I, I think that's enough for me to say that. You know, this guy knew what he was doing. Obviously, I'm not in his head, and I don't completely know, but I think most people are on my side thinking that this guy knows what he's up to. He's a he's become, it's fair to say it now, he's become a dirty player. Yeah. Um, a guy maybe you didn't know that coming into the league about him, but you certainly do now. I don't think it's going to hurt him in free agency because he's, oh, I don't no. I think it's his last, these are his last games with Detroit, wherever it ends. 
I think he's going to move on, and he's still going to get a big contract. Maybe Absolutely. somewhere here in New York. He said he wants to play here in New York. Maybe it's the Giants. Maybe it's the Jets. But he's still got some games with Detroit left, and I don't think it's going to hurt him moving forward. Certainly doesn't hurt Detroit that he's in, and I agree oh, with you. I, I think he should. You know what? I, I was all right with the suspension. If if he hadn't have been suspended in the first place, I wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. He needs to be suspended. But when I heard about it, I was like, yeah, that's fair because this is a guy who f- four years now, you know, there's no surprise when you see that replay. If you tune into that game late and you think, oh, all right, that's a Dominican Sioux. Yeah, that happened. But the whole appeal thing, I, I'm a little surprised that he won this, the appeal. I wouldn't have been outraged if he hadn't been suspended in the first place. But I'm definitely surprised that he is playing after the fact that he was suspended. I think it definitely plays a big role. You need a guy like that to go after Tony Romo. Tony Romo's a guy who, not saying that if Dominic Sue does something, another thing dirty, but if you, if anybody puts a big hit on him, you don't know how long this guy can last. Yeah. All these back issues. And the best rush defense in football against, yeah. uh, arguably, besides Le'Veon Bell, the best running back in football. You're going to need year. that because DeMarco Murray slowed down a bit in the second half of the season. Maybe it's workload. I mean, you can't the blame the guy. Help. He Yeah. yeah. And he just did a – I mean, he had a terrific season. And he, and he couldn't keep up the pace he had in the beginning of the year either. He was just on fire. Dallas, you know, watching the NFC East a lot, you get this perception of Dallas, and I guess it's really across the country. You get this perception of Dallas that they're not a big game team and Tony Romo's not a big game guy. And there have been some examples where you can look at it. But I, I, I think this is a team that at this, in this season has proved enough that they can be a legitimate threat. And I don't think this is a team, especially at home. And I know it's weird that even in Jerry World, with the, with all this extravagant nature around the stadium, <laughs> they don't get a great home crowd sometimes. A lot of times, visiting teams travel well to Dallas. But I, I still think— They've been commented a lot on that this yeah, year, too. It kind of blew my mind. I didn't know that. But I think at home, Tony Romo—and I don't just mean at home, Tony Romo. I think they're playing at home, and then with Tony Romo having a good year— and DeMarco Murray, like you said, has made himself just a legitimate threat. I think Dallas is going to give Detroit all they can handle. I think Detroit's going to be a tough game for Detroit to come in to win. But I think it's going to be another real close game. Um, this one, I mean, again, we'll get your pick a little bit later. But I think would you agree this is going to be – really all the games this week should be pretty close. But it's going to be another close one. I mean, you, you didn't you didn't think uh, – you don't think Carolina, Arizona is going to be, is be um, as close. But yeah. I think – I agree with you on the other three. I think that – there's not a bad game on this schedule. Even even the Carolina Arizona game should be exciting to watch. I think that even though there's there there are two six and a half point favorites on the spread right now, if you take a look at the odds with Dallas and Carolina favored, I think that these games will still be exciting. And you still have to wonder, can Tony Romo get it done in the playoffs? And that's something that you haven't seen yet. So you could talk about how they how they've overcame the odds, the eight and eight season and all that stuff this year, but when it comes to playoff time it's all different. Is it Tony Romo's year to prove everybody wrong for everything? Not just the regular season. Can he win in the playoffs? And can he get his team farther than the NFC Championship game? All right, there's going to be four great games this weekend. We'll be all tuned in. Stick around in a few minutes. We're going to have picks. But quickly, got to bring in our boy Christian O'Hara for a, a miniature version of fantasy football. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Well, most leagues are done. And uh, Christian and I, well, the three of us here at this table, we're in a fantasy league together. Anthony Pusick and the Italian Tenrex, is that the name of the Italian Tenrex. They did not sniff the playoffs. No, Christian no, and I not. were consistently I came two in seventh, the, though. Uh, that's great. 
Christian <laughs> and I were two of the best teams in the league all year, and we met in the championship game. And uh, and Matt didn't pick his team for the record. Well, I picked half the team. Uh. I was late. Um, would you like to recap the championship game? Yeah, probably? sure. I mean, I was. I guess I was down what you know, ten or fifteen points going. Yeah, into and the I only had seven, and I only had about seventy something. Right, and I had I guess a one fifty six. Yeah, you just needed like what a that. nice Peyton Manning. Yeah, I needed a nice Peyton Manning two three touchdowns. You know, two <laughs> fi- two hundred fifty yards, no interceptions. Like you know, normal Peyton Manning day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes out there How'd on Monday go? Night Football and throws four interceptions uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Charles Wongs for all you for they, all you hockey fans. DRCU on Sunday. Did yeah, DRCU on Sunday. Pull that out. We'll see you did in the uh, second out. place wing of the Hall of Fame because the Charles Wongs win <laughs> Anthony Fusick and his friends' league. Thank you guys for, for allowing us in and for us to dominate your league. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, it was, it, was nice. a, it was a rough year for a lot of us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you have the first pick and you picked Adrian Peterson, you're probably not going to have that good of a yeah. time. Oof. So that was, uh, that was me, what? and uh, yeah. I, I managed to... <laughs> Scratch away well, two wins. I had, and, uh, I not had Le'Veon Bell, which propelled me into the championship. So I had a nice, I had a nice little year. I had another championship that I lost in, but we can forget about that because I won this one with you guys. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Real quickly, because we bring you in because we want to get your idea on picks right. too. We're gonna get Matt Rosenfeld, our producer, in picks in, in just a minute. But quickly, if you're playing in some, I know Pusick does this. It's some <laughs> just, playoff just, fantasy. Just to pick them, you know. Pick them, I, based on the out. regular season, I'm gonna go. I put together two conference All Star teams a little bit. In the NFC, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. I'm going to go Marshawn Lynch, beast mode in Seattle. I'm going to go DeMarco Murray. Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson, those two are going to have field days, I think, on, on Sunday. I like Greg Olson in Carolina. I think he's the main weapon out there in Carolina for Cam Newton. As a flex player, I'm going to go Eddie Lacy. I think he'll have a, a good day no matter what team he plays in the second round. I'm going to go Seattle's defense. I think that's the obvious choice, the most dominant choice. And Dan Bailey, the kicker out out in Dallas. He's been consistent all year and mostly all of his career. Over to the AFC, I'm going to go Tom Brady. The guy just does it all. You know, uh, hot model wife, you know, three Super Bowls. Just <laughs> what else? What, what does all. he do? What does he do wrong? Jeremy Hill and C.J. Anderson. Hill uh, okay. out in Cincinnati right. and Anderson, a late like fantasy addition who's you know too good for two or three touchdowns every week I had out in Denver. Emmanuel Sanders out in Denver as well, one of Peyton's favorite targets. Antonio Brown, who posted a career year. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski out in New England. Demarius Thomas as one of your flex players. He's, he was he came off the stats a little bit this year, but he's still yeah, he's a still threat a out choice. there in Denver. I'm going to go with New England's defense out in the AFC. I think they have the most complete defense. Guys like Revis and Brown are a no joke. And Adam Vinatieri, who missed one field goal all year, unfortunately for him in Week 17, would have been the fifth kicker in NFL history with a perfect season. Adam Vinatieri... The legend. If you're playing Pick'em in NFL playoff fantasy, listen to Christian. He knows what he's talking about. Before we get to picks quickly, you, you, you're the Giants guy. Right. Should have called Flynn State. Yeah, I think so. As the season went on, I think that they, they played a lot harder for him. Um, but you could make the argument that Odell Beckham saved his job. Um, because without Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know where this team would have been. They might have honestly finished 4-12, and 3-13 and 13, like the Jets. But um, Odell came on. He stole the show. And, again, I, I'm going to agree with Anthony, and I've said this before, too, on, on on the air, that I think that when it is time for Coughlin to go, the Giants will ask him politely to retire or resign. All right, Matt, hit it. Pick time. Woo! Love the, love the music. That serious film time music. Right Oh, here we go. All right. Get into the picks. we got a few minutes here to, to get into it. I teased this already. We'll start with the first game. We'll start with me. I already gave away my pick. I'm going Carolina. I just think that Arizona doesn't have enough offensively right now, and I think Carolina's hot at the right time. Are they good enough to make a Super Bowl run? I don't think so. Definitely good enough to win this week. And go with you. If Andre Ellington was healthy, I might give Arizona more of a chance 
I'm going to go with you, Matt. I'm going to go with Carolina. I think it's going to be a close game, though. Christian, my boy. I have nothing to lose, and the Arizona Cardinals have nothing to lose. So I am probably overthinking this one, but I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't get to 11-5 by accident. Carson Palmer's been hurt for a while now. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And you know what? It's going to what I said. I really think they have the least – you're right. They have the least lose, the least pressure on them in these playoffs, the Arizona Cardinals. If there's a way for them to win – that's how they do it. Matt in the back, what are you thinking? Christian almost just convinced me to take the Cardinals, but I think <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he's a persuasive dude. I think I'm going to go with the Panthers. It's ridiculous that they have a home game, but they do have a home game, and I think they're going to get Arizona in this cross-country trip. Hey, we saw what happened a few years ago when Seattle had the home game. Obviously, it's different because that's the 12th man up there, but Seattle had that home game against New Orleans, 7-9 and team. They win that round. No reason Carolina can't do it again. I think they're just too hot at the right time. My favorite game of the weekend, the second game, the night game on Saturday, Pittsburgh against Baltimore. Pittsburgh is home and favored, but losing Le'Veon Bell, I was thinking about this all the way coming here because we didn't know if Le'Veon Bell was out or not. And I was thinking if Le'Veon Bell is out, this is a completely different game to me. I think it has a huge impact, and I think it's enough for Baltimore to win it. I really do. I think it's enough losing Le'Veon Bell that Baltimore can sweep this one out, even in Pittsburgh. I think and Joe Flacco will be good enough in the playoffs. He's he's proved it before. I think he can do it again. Yeah, no Le'Veon Bell is a big factor for me. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Wow. You're gonna wow. I I, I, okay, I sense guys. you're going the other All way. All right, you know, because you know, I thought coming into the playoffs that Baltimore was gonna make some noise, but they haven't really impressed me that much. And I, if if you were to ask me who am I gonna pick between Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco, I'm going with the two time winner over the one time winner. Pittsburgh wins at home. Even without Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. I don't think so, Christian. I, oh. I'm going to take Baltimore. You know, Ooh. Joe Flacco will come through. The Steelers are just they're too wacky for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much of it is Le'Veon Bell, or are you going to pick that earlier? No, it is a lot of Le'Veon Bell because he's not only is he their rusher, he's their, like, second-leading receiver. Second receiver. So it's just too much for them to overcome, and their inconsistency just makes me nervous. So Baltimore. Listen, I, I really do think this could go either way, and, and Baltimore is a weird team because regular season, we talk about it, they have times where they don't seem to show up. The whole Ray Rice fiasco. They got past that, like you said, Andy. Justin Forsett had a terrific season. Yeah. And Came out I, of nowhere, really. I really do think it's a lot Le'Veon Bell. I just don't know where they're going to get the replacement of that. They got plenty of weapons, but in the backfield, I really do think it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to get the same thing on the ground. Not going to be as balanced of an attack. Indianapolis, Cincinnati. Indianapolis is home. This is, this is a close line. Obviously, we don't pick for the spreads, but it's a close line. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think if Indianapolis finishes the season better, it's not. I think they're this more is not favored. As close. I, I, I'm going. I'm going Indianapolis. No, I, I, I'm a huge Andrew Luck supporter. I, I think he's going to be one of the best we've seen. I think he's getting close to being there. He's up in the top of the league in passing yards already this year. I think he was third behind Breeze and Roethlisberger. So I mean, I, Andrew Luck. There's just so much to like about him. And I know, and I told you this before, don't throw away the three Ryan Lindley interceptions. You can't really throw away the game at Dallas. I'll give you that. Well, if you throw it away, <laughs> not a ter- not a bad <laughs> not season a bad at season. all. But that, that's in there. It's a huge blemish on the record. I think they get over that. They won last week. Yeah, it's a bad Tennessee team, but took care of business. They win week 17 in a game where they could have rested their guys. And, yeah, seating was on the line. But they have a home game against a Cincinnati team who – could have been hosting a home game this week as a division champion. They're not. Now they have to go on the road to Indianapolis. I think Andrew Luck is enough. I think the Colts get it done. Close game. I think they win by like three or four. I, I think it's a high-scoring game. I think Andy Dalton gets enough done. That's also assuming A.J. Green is healthy enough. But I, I'd say like 30-27 Colts. The 
Injury question to AJ Green. Andy Dalton's record in the track record in the playoffs. I'm gonna take Indianapolis at home. Yeah, I'm keeping this real simple. I'm not trusting Cincinnati until they give an, give me a How reason to trust, trust them. How much you trust Dalton? I don't trust Is him at why? all. Yeah. At all. I, 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 Luck turns the ball over too much, but he's going to win at home. I like Indianapolis. If Indianapolis wasn't at home, I would think this would be a blowout. So I'm going to take for, Cinc for Cincinnati. Yeah, I think Indianapolis Whoa. has beaten nobody. They right. don't oh. play well against good teams. And like Christian said, Andrew Luck turns the ball over way too much, and good teams take advantage of that. But Andy Dalton turns the ball over Look at what too. Oregon did last night. <laughs> That's what good teams do when they get more opportunities. Yep. So I'm going to go Cincinnati in a close one. So, so, you, trust, so you trust Andy Dalton? I, I trust him enough, enough to win. Oh, right. oh, man. Luck isn't exactly, you know, Joe Montana in the playoffs either. <laughs> no. Yeah, and look, they had a great game against Kansas City last year, but he's still new, new in this league. We forget sometimes how young he is. Got a lot of years left. Is this the year he goes all the way to the Super Bowl for the first time? Maybe, maybe not. But he's got to get through Cincinnati. Three of us do. Matt, you you picked you picked Indianapolis too, right? Correct. So all right, the three of us here in the in, in one studio picked it. In the back, Matt picks uh, in Cincinnati. So we haven't had a, we haven't had a clean sweep yet. No. Let's see if this last one. Only four games this week. Let's see if this There's last one. There's a lot of giant fans in here. Does it? <laughs> Dallas over Detroit. And I'm interested to see what you say about that. Why, why do you say Giants fans in here? We'll go to you first, Dallas or Detroit. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of Giant fans. Obviously, no, the Giant fans don't want to see Dallas win. They don't want to see win. Dallas, but do you think they're going to? But Sue or no Sue, I still think Dallas wins this game. Yeah. I don't know. DeMarco Murray's healthy enough to play. It doesn't matter what their rush defense is. He might be stymied a little bit. Des Bryant's still out there, and Tony Romo's going to be throwing to him. As long as Tony Romo stays healthy through these playoffs, the Cowboys are a dangerous, dangerous team. Give me Dallas. I'll throw it right back to me. Yeah, I agree with you, Dallas. As much as an NFC, a Giants fan doesn't want to see another NFC East team win, I think Dallas is good enough, and I think a lot of it, like you said, it's on the legs of DeMarco Murray. How good of a game can he have against a pretty good Lions defense? Matthew Stafford and the and the Lions offense are going to put up their points. Ken DeMarco Murray and the Cowboys offense do the same. Of course, you got Des Bryant in there as well. So I think Dallas has got enough at home to pull this one off. Christian, who are you going with? I can't stand the Cowboys, but they're a good team, <laughs> and uh, they're going to win this football game. Matthew Stafford, again, that record on the road against winning teams is atrocious. They're not going to get it done. Dallas wins this game. I think we got our final clean sweep because Dallas, Dallas is going to route Detroit. Da unfortunately, sweep. Dallas is a spectacular team. You think they're? You think it's a route? Yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to blow them out. They're playing the well. I they're think this is going to well. be a pretty close game. I think I think they're both going to put up points. Maybe like 34, 31 or something. Uh, maybe not that close. Maybe like 38, 31 or something. I think I, I think Dallas is going to win. But I, Detroit is a team. If you took look, Green Bay is at the top of that division, but. Detroit's right there, and again, last game of the, of the week. Maybe if it, if it, that game is at Ford Field, Week 17, we've got a different NFC North champion. But uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers win it in Week 17, meaning the Detroit Lions are the wild card. Look, we got plenty of teams who are on the bye who are, are going to be interested in these games. Green Bay earns themselves the bye. Obviously, New England rested their players. The Denver over there, and obviously the number one seed in the A in the NFC is Seattle. I guess uh, we've got it. We got a few more minutes here, real quick, guys. If we could just get your takes on who you think from this weekend is going to be the best team, or has the best chance to run through. Uh, for me, uh, I gotta go with. See, I, I thought this was easy, but now I'm gonna go with Dallas. Yeah. I, I think Dallas is my team. If I got to pick one team from this weekend, it's Dallas. I mean, you put it this way: all of us were in unison almost, and nobody wavered on Dallas. I mean, everybody went very quickly. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Matt is is hard 
hardcore on Cincinnati right now, and we don't think that we don't think that Cincinnati's going to win this game. I don't think Cincinnati's going right. to win this game. But Dallas is just that offense is dangerous, and and all they needed was a little bit better of a defense this year, and they got it. Christian, if somebody's got to run through, who's going? <sighs> Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, they have the formula. They have the running game. Tony Romo's playing well, and you know. The defense plays pretty well, too. Matt, are we clean sweeping again? Yeah, it's definitely Dallas. The four Giants fans picking the Dallas Cowboys. You could argue that Dallas could have been the one seed. I mean, all the records were very similar. Yeah, they were close. And they beat Seattle, so I I think Dallas are real. That win over Seattle is a big test. I thought that was their biggest test of the year. Dallas is a real threat to win the Super Bowl this year. I hate to say it, but they're good. Exactly, yeah. You don't want to say it as a Giant fan here in New York, but... Yeah, they've got the pieces. They've got the running game. Now it's Marco Murray, Des Bryant, Jason Witten still there. And, and look, look at Tony Romo, one. heck of a lot better than people say he is. And say, and say they that. route it, and they go into Green Bay. Green Bay, one of the best home teams. Dallas, one of the best road teams this year. That's that's insane. That's going to be an insane game. Guys, It's it's been a... Been a wonderful pleasure here to return. I hadn't been on. I, Kelly Coltis is one of the showrunners of this. She she kind of kicked me out for a few weeks, but nice to be back here in the wild card edition. Matt Rosenfeld, thank you behind the board as always. Anthony Pusick, great to share the 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 studio with you. And Christian O'Hara coming in is always a terrific <laughs> job. Christian, unbelievable. Always a pleasure. I'm so proud too. of you, man. It's a fun time, I guys. Appreciate we should do this more often. Yeah. I know we didn't get your your long fantasy segment this week, but guys, thank you so much for Anthony Pusick, Christian O'Hara, Matt Rosenfeld. I'm Matt Morrow. Yeah, of course, next week we're going to talk divisional round of the NFL playoffs, but this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, we've got the wild card playoffs going on. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be back next week to talk all about it and keep looking at the NFL playoffs. Hey, everybody, enjoy some playoff NFL football. This has been One-on-One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.